Hello, and welcome to another episode of Sam Says, a podcast brought to you by the Illinois Association of Medicaid Health Plans. My name is DeRondel Beverly from the Gemini Group, and with me as always is the Sam in Sam Says, Samantha Olds Fry, the CEO of I'm Hip. Sam, how are you today? Doing great. How are you, DeRondel? I am doing well. Uh, today, we have another special guest with us. We have Mr. Kareem Kenyatta, who is a consultant with Zach Stamp Consulting. Kareem, welcome to Sam Says. Thank you, Durano. Happy to be on. We appreciate you being here. And so today's topic is one that I know you both will be able to dive into right away and push me to the back burner, which absolutely works for me with, with this particular topic. We're going to be talking about uh, we're in primetime political election season and talking about how the effects of elections at the local and national level will have implications on healthcare here in, in Illinois. But before we do that, we always like to have a little positivity, a little personal touch with what Sam says before we do that. Curious, both of you, since you're both, I know you both are political animals, election night what, what did you have going on? Are there rituals? Like, like what did you have going on? Sam, we'll, we'll start with you. How'd you spend your election night? So this is Lincoln's first election night where he's old enough to get involved. Election night's always a holiday for us at the old Fry House. So we had political cookies um, cut out in various shapes, including Illinois. Uh, we had, we order in food. Lincoln picked the menu. So it was like all Americana burgers and fries. And then we colored electoral maps. Each person had two maps, predictions, and then actual outcomes. So that was sort of our very fun election night and election week. Okay. And in some ways, depending on where we are, it could be election month and maybe quarter. <laughs> Kareem, what about you? How'd you spend your election night? Well, it sounds like Samantha had a little more fun than I did. Uh, really, it was just... Uh, glued to the television, uh, watching the results with my wife. Um, you know, I thought this election would be interesting just because of COVID and the fact that we were going to have so many mail-in ballots. So it was really interesting, you know, looking at social media and as the initial numbers came in, and especially in the presidential race, there were so many people who thought, you know, it was going a certain way. And then as the mail-in ballots came, it started to shift. And so, yeah, basically just glued to the television, uh, trying to see, you know, what was going to happen next. So, yeah. yeah from, from my wife and I, we were watching, we had a little wine, little food, two things jumped out for me. One, I did not realize that I was so into Chuck Todd as I was like, there was, I, I just could not take my eyes off Chuck Todd. And uh, in terms of, you know, how he was just kind of moving around and describing things, he was like a human tornado during that day. And I also found myself more interested in races that I didn't know that I thought about, like, you know, and I'm just ma making the number, the numbers up, but like Rhode Island three or like Georgia six or, you know, Florida eight. Like I, like I found myself like really uh, pulled into these, uh, you know, different races. And I think I probably will be going forward. So that, uh, that was a definite bonus for me. So, um, so as I said, a lot of stuff happening politically, nationally, um, in, in particular here locally. I know, again, you two are, are, are from that world and, and definitely can speak it fluently. So to get, you know, jumped off into that, Kareem, give us a little bit uh, about your background and what you do, and then we'll, we'll take it from there. Sure. Yeah, I'm a uh, consultant uh, for the association. Um, and as part of that, you know, my job is to interact with the General Assembly in Springfield 
and just help navigate through the legislative process. Anyone who follows uh, state government or politics uh, realizes that, you know, it's, uh, it's it can be a pretty complex arena. And so my job is just to help kind of navigate and help uh, help us get through and push our agenda forward and look out for other proposals that uh, impact what we do on a day-to-day -day basis. And Kareem is selling himself short there a little bit. He's an absolute expert in this and a wonderful team uh, member. And, and we are so grateful to have him at the association to help us not only today to sort of navigate and think, you know, what are, what are we anticipating in 2021 and beyond, um, but also um, to take a look at the political and the policy, which I think is really why Kareem and um, our other uh, consultant, John Lauder, where they really shine is recognizing that public policy has a political component um, that we're going to talk about today within the election, but then also really having some strong policy chops as well. And so to that end, Kareem, I think let's just start with, were there any surprises from your end on election night or election week or month? I mean, however you want, I mean, we waited, I, I think it's worth noting, we waited a little bit to record this because there's still so much shaking out and we kept kind of hoping more would be finalized before we got together and more's finalized in Illinois, but there's still some shaking out to do. That's right. Yeah, you know, I would say surprise, you know, based off the media narrative and the polls, you know, I think there was an expectation, especially for Democrats, that there was gonna be, you know, almost another blue wave. And, you know, the from, on the federal level, you know, the presidency, that was gonna be clear cut you know, the U.S. House and Senate, you know, the Democrats were going to reclaim control of the Senate and pick up their majority in the House. But as we see, it didn't go that way. And, you know, it's interesting because I haven't really heard a great analysis on why that's the case. You know, you see some who say, you know, the Democratic Party, you have this debate between the moderates and the progressives. And, you know, I think that division is going to be something that is we, we really should watch, especially on the federal level, because as President-elect Biden, you know, starts his transition and he looks forward to the next four years, that's going to be really important. Um, and it's going to have, you know, when we look at the state level, it's definitely going to have an impact on the state level. You know, Illinois is no secret. We're facing a huge budget deficit. And, you know, with the failure of the uh, progressive income tax. Um, you know, I think there's going to be a lot of uh, reflection on where cuts need to happen and where we can get more revenue. And if on the federal level we don't have the unity amongst Democrats that can help, you know, President Biden, uh, you know, pursue his agenda, then that's going to have ramifications on the state and local level. Yeah. So, yeah. I love how you tie those all together because I also see them as sort of this whole big knot. Um, and really when you pull on one piece or one thread, it impacts everything. And so from my vantage point, there, there are quite a few items that we need to sort of break down is first is like what happened. And I think at the end of the day, we still don't really know much of it complicated by um, COVID and the fact that exit polls were even more reliable this year um, more unreliable this year than they normally are uh, because of how people voted in such different ways and the fact that we're still sort of trying to figure out um, what 
you know, what the race is, where they ended up um, and sort of what the final votes will be in some of our areas. I mean, I think what just a few weeks ago, we had the, um, you know, Underwood declared uh, victorious and, and won her race, Congresswoman Underwood, while um, State Senator Oberweiss was on the plane to go to freshman orientation for Congress. So, I mean, just sort of the delay due to mail-in balloting um, and, and just, and COVID just slowing everything down from just sort of, as we see in our daily lives, slows down, I think, the analysis of what happened, the sort of play-by-play -play of why didn't we see the blue wave that we, you know, we're anticipating based off of polls and pundits. You know, we think of states like Wisconsin where the polls, you know, a week before the election, Wisconsin was up in double digits and it looks like it's gonna come down to around 20,000 votes at the end of the day. Maybe, I mean, I think there's gonna be a recount in a few counties and so we'll, we'll see how everything ends up. But, you know, there were some misses and there, were, there was accurate information um, from some states. I mean, Minnesota's polling looked like it was right on track. But take all of that down to what does it mean now for us in Illinois? And I think one question that was answered very uh, clearly on election night was that a progressive income tax was not supported by the Illinois voters. And coupled with the fact that we, you know, will not have or will not know if we have a uh, democratically controlled Senate nationally, that really puts Illinois' budget in a, a pretty precarious situation. And you and I both are familiar with um, Illinois budgets and precarious situations. But what do you see the path forward now that Illinois voters have said very clearly in no uncertain terms um, that they are not for a progressive income tax and that in and federally, we don't know if we can really count on stimulus dollars that are gonna support the state or support states and local governments. What do you think the path forward is in Illinois for our leadership? You know, that's a great question, Samantha. And, you know, I, I really, you know, I don't envy Governor Pritzker's position right now because there's a lot of hard decisions to make. You know, normally in years, and as you said, we both have backgrounds on budgetary staffs and, you know, normally you can look at taxes, whether it's businesses or increasing, you know, yeah, tax on a certain industry. But with the combination of COVID and the unrest in the community due to, you know, the social and racial disparities, you know, the, the appetite really isn't there to gain from just taxing your way out of this mess. And so if you can't tax your way out of it, then you have to look at cuts. And obviously, again, going back to what COVID has implemented, you know, with businesses taking the hit that they have and the state taking even less revenue. I mean, when we talk about cuts, it's going to be even more severe. And, you know, one of the misconceptions out there is that you can just cut your way out of everything. But what people fail to realize is Illinois has cut a lot over the years. And, you know, when we talk about cutting more, it's, uh, you know, we're looking at putting ourselves at very dangerous levels. So I wish I had an easy answer to that, but there, there really is no easy answer. So I'm going to put you both on the hot seat here. We're going to do a Sam Says edition of hot, a hot Take because we're wrapping up soon, but I'm going to put you both on the hot seat here and, and, and 
if you can, you want to punt, sure. If you want to answer, I'd love for you to answer it. I'm sure our listeners would as well. Uh, when you look at the composition of the Supreme Court, a lot of folks are worried about the Affordable Care Act and, and what will happen to it. Just a quick, you know, both of you, just your quick thoughts on what the future of the ACA could look like from what you have described, not only with the political landscape, but also with some of the changes that we're seeing in healthcare. I'll go first. Based off oral arguments, uh, it, I'm an eternal optimist, so I'll throw that out there, but it looks like um, the Supreme Court might uphold the ACA and we might live to fight another day. Uh, with healthcare reform and and keeping the important protections in place. Kareem? Sorry, guys. Uh, sorry, can you hear me okay? Yep. Uh, sorry about that. No problem. No problem at all. We are in a technologically challenged yet advanced world at the same time, and that's what we're trying to do. We're just trying to make it work while we can. So that's strike up another strike up another one for 2020. <laughs> Yeah, my apologies. Uh, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree with Samantha hundred uh, percent. It does look like, yeah, the ACA will live another day. Um, and you know, I think going back to the Senate, the U.S. Senate, I think that's another kind of thing to watch. If uh, Georgia goes the way of the Democrats, and you know, the Democrats can pick up two additional votes. If there are changes that are needed in the event that the Supreme Court. Uh, you know, knocks part, some parts of it down that are important to constituents, you know, I think maybe there can, they can go back and address that, but it does look like it'll survive. And so hopefully, you know, that's the case, uh, you know, throughout the country. But yeah, I agree with Samantha. And then last question for you, uh, again, a hot take with the intersection of politics and healthcare. We always like to end on a on a positive note, thinking kind of you know into you know twenty one and perhaps beyond. What came out of election night or this current environment that perhaps has you optimistic outside of Sam? You you thinking about the ACA being able to live another day and and Kareem, what you just talked about in Georgia? There's some other things that have come out of this environment or this time that has you hopeful about uh, you know uh, twenty one and beyond. Well, yeah, oh, I'm go sorry, right ahead, Kareem. You know, I was just going to make, uh, you know, it's kind of a bold prediction, but, you know, I think, you know, President-elect Biden will be in a very unique position. I mean, I don't want to compare it to the position that, you know, LBJ was in when, you know, certain civil rights uh, accomplishments were achieved. But, you know, I do think that there's such a, a, a focus on racial disparity and inequality that, I think uh, President Biden will be in a unique position to really address that. And so I'm optimistic that between him and Vice President Harris that they'll be able to focus on, you know, these issues when it comes to healthcare and the financial industry and hopefully, uh, you know, address the gap and the racial inequality that has uh, impacted this country for a very long time. All right, Sam? I could not agree more with Kareem. Uh, and I think to add, to add to that, my other sort of hope is that we might see some more um, bipartisanship, that we are sort of forced to find, uh, to collaborate based off of where the voters, you know, have, have voted. And so perhaps we can see some collective work around improving healthcare, around tackling racial disparities, um, 
and working together, uh, both Democrats and Republicans. I think we know we need that in Illinois, um, given the challenges we face, but I think we need that um, nationally as well. So I'm optimistic. All right. Well, I appreciate that. And we're going to have to end it there. Uh, Kareem Kenyatta is a consultant with Zach Stamps Consulting. Kareem, thank you for joining us for this episode of Sam Says today. Thank you for having me on. We appreciate it. And Sam, that's uh, another informative uh, podcast in the books. And I feel like we're starting to now get a further sense of, you know, not only what folks have experienced as a result of COVID and this interesting election year, heading into 21 and i think it gives us only more content more foundation to build on the end this year and then beginning uh heading into 21. i could not agree more i think you know we've just got to view this uh, this challenging year as one that was filled with learning opportunities uh and really laid bare um what we can do if we put our mind to it in 2021 and beyond absolutely On behalf of Sam and the wonderful team at the association, thank you for tuning in to this uh, another episode of Sam Says. Again, I'm DeRondal Beverly on behalf of the Gemini Group. If you like what you've heard today, please share it with your networks. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube. You can also connect with us at imhip.net. That's I-A-I-A-M-H-P.net. And thank you uh, for, for continuing to join us on this podcasting voyage. We continue to uh, want to provide you with outstanding and hopefully educational podcasting content as we end 20 and head into 21. Uh, we'll continue to stay safe, continue to stay healthy, continue to stay well, and we'll talk to you soon.